Welcome to Unity of Tucson. As I think about that song, just for a moment, because the thing is, you know, usually what I try to do is I try to wrap up some message in the song with what I'm going to talk about for the day. And literally, I just wanted to sing the song today. And in some ways, it has nothing to do with what I've prepared to talk about today. It's my prerogative. I get to talk about what I want to talk about. But as I think about that song, I think about the, for me, this is one of the greatest songs ever written. It is such a magnificent uh, amalgam of lyric, with music, and you know, I think that when we hear this song, certainly whenever I hear this song, um, I cannot help but be moved to a place of feeling. And it is in feeling, I believe, that we find the capacity to change our lives. We teach a philosophy that talks a lot about thought a lot about what are we thinking? What are the things we are thinking? Because those things we are thinking are the things that are creating the construct of our lives. And while that is true, it goes deeper than that. For our thoughts are the result of our beliefs. And all of it is colored by our feeling. For beliefs and thoughts that may be rooted in one idea if there is a feeling around that idea that is not in support of our most magnificent lives, it doesn't matter how strongly we think we believe it, the feeling is going to color the experience that flows forth. And so I love songs that get to the heart of feeling. Like a bridge over troubled water, I will ease your mind. I will ease your mind. I also think about when I was moving to Tucson um, almost exactly three years ago, moving back to Tucson almost exactly three years ago, um, I had left Toronto and I was living in Los Angeles. Uh, I left Toronto, went to Los Angeles, and my father and I, my dad was living in Los Angeles at the time, we got uh, season tickets to a certain group of shows that were, having, that were happening at Walt Disney Concert Hall. And it was like the singer-songwriter series, and it was, it was, I was super excited about this. And um, we saw Leslie Odom Jr. Um, the second, <laughs> the funny thing is I can't remember who the second person is that we saw, but the third person we saw was Art Garfunkel. And that was quite a night, really, really quite a night. And he, of course, sang Bridge Over Troubled Water. And so I am rooted back in the feeling of that. And I think to myself, what does the feeling of that mean? What feeling are you experiencing right here in this moment? Just check in with yourself. What feeling are you experiencing right here in this moment? And let's not judge that feeling. Let's not say it's a good feeling or a bad feeling. Let's just step into the awareness of what it is we are feeling in any moment. Deepak Chopra talks about pure potentiality, and I think that pure potentiality truly exists within this feeling space. But he wrote this, the source of all creation is pure consciousness, pure potentiality seeking expression from the unmanifest to the manifest. And when we realize that our true self is one of pure potentiality, 
we align with the power that manifests everything in the universe. The source of all creation is pure consciousness, pure potentiality, seeking expression from the unmanifest to the manifest. Everything is flowing forth creatively. That is our lovely experience of this thing called life. That is, I, 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 you know, when I really came to acknowledge and adopt this as a truth for myself, as a belief for myself, you know what happened, actually? Life got a lot easier because I was rooted in this idea that pure potentiality, that infinite potential within each and every one of us is showing up at all times, and the only thing that ever limits it are our thoughts, our beliefs, and our feelings around it. And so our work in this thing called life, I hold to this idea, our work in this thing called life is to unleash that pure potentiality without any limitation, pure abandonment, to live the most magnificent expression of life we can. In this exploration of self, which is really all we're ever talking about, the self, and a lot of people say, wow, you people are so narcissistic, you religious, you religious new thought people. You're very narcissistic. And I say, no, we're not, because we understand that the infinite self that we are is the same infinite self that everyone else is. And you know what? That gives me the capacity to live in love more profoundly now than ever before. And I'm always growing in that. That's why I talk about spiritual evolution, because I'm always growing in that potential of love. So in this exploration of self, being the infinite self, showing up as me, the self, and you, yourself, let us let go of this idea that we are ever looking at the conditions of our life to define ourself. Now, what do I mean by conditions? The stuff of life. The stuff. We so frequently align ourselves with the stuff of life. If I just have this one more thing out there to own or to, 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 to hold on to, then my life is going to be that much better. How about this? What if we bring the concept of a better life to what we are currently experiencing and welcome the flow of that which is reflective of that which is better in our minds and our hearts from thoughts, beliefs, and feelings into the experience of our life? Let us let go of the notion that anything out there defines the truth of who we are. This has been a hard year for a lot of New Thought ministers. Because many of us define our success by the people that are in the room. <laughs> and so we've lived through almost a full year of not having people in the room. But we don't define ourselves. We don't define the expression or, or, or the concept of success by the circumstantial. Let us root ourselves in the faith the essence of our pure potential. For that is the defining factor, I believe. Here's the thing, conditions are temporary. This condition is temporary. It may seem like it's somewhat permanent, but it's temporary. I hold firm in the knowledge that this condition is temporary. The infinite self, you, me, our infinite self, that is what is permanent. 
When we look to the conditions as the things that bolster us, and you know, it's not just even this. Any number of us may look to the conditions as the thing that bolsters us. Many people put to the condition of the type of car they have to make themselves feel relevant in the world, right? Cars, monies, j- money, jobs, relationships. We actually give up our power to those things when we do that. If we are looking at the conditions as having any any authority over our experience. We give our power over to those things. And it actually sets us up ultimately for failure in the experience of life because frequently what we are doing is we are looking for those things. We are looking for a response, an external response to those things to make us feel good, to make us feel better. And we fear a loss of those things when we put our power into those things. We fear the loss of those things because we will not know how to define ourselves in the loss of those things. Ooh, fear, boy, that's a big one, isn't it? We fear, we fear so frequently. But what is there to fear? And I hear myself saying, but fear itself. (laughs) We have nothing to fear, but fear itself. We should let go of fear. Of course, everyone I think knows what is fear. It is false evidence appearing real. My favorite is face everything and run. Let's let go of those concepts of fear. Let us let go of the fear entirely. And the fear only shows up when we trust in the circumstances over our own mind and over our own hearts. Now, what I am not saying, I am not saying that we should not have things in life. Let's face it. I have a beautiful home. I have a beautiful relationship. I have, um, I have, nice, I have some nice cars. I have nice things. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't have those things. But I am not about to put my power for the way I feel about myself into those things. We should absolutely have the things we want in life. But we should also know what the source of those things is. The source of those things is the infinite. Today is day 31 of this 40-day prosperity thing I've been doing on Facebook at 7 o'clock every single morning. I started it on January 1st, and every morning at 7 a.m. Arizona time, I have been live on Facebook talking about the nature of prosperity and rooting us in a spiritual practice of contemplation over principles rooted in prosperity. And ultimately, the whole point and purpose of this prosperity program is to let go of this idea that money, that things are sourced from outside the infinite. Our source and supply comes from one place and one place only, God. God, the essence of all that is. It is not sourced from your job. It is not sourced from an inheritance. It is not sourced from anything outside the self. One source for all that is God. And we are that which is. That is the identity of our true self. It is in the understanding of the true self that those things are attracted to us. When we know our inherent value, when we know our value, when we know our worth, we draw into, thing, into our lives the things that are reflective of that value. So here's a question for you. Do you place a high value on your own self or do you place a low value on your own self? And if you are not sure how you place your value upon yourself right now, 
here's how you can find out what that value is. Nobody's going to like to hear this, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Look at your life. Look at your life. Is it a life that you are loving living? Or is there some room for improvement? If there is room for improvement, it is not about changing the thing out there. It is about up-leveling your own sense of self-worth and value within. So if you are defining yourself in terms of the stuff you have, or in terms of the job you have, or in terms of the house you live in, if you define and value yourself by those standards, here's the thing, you are sure to fail in the experience and expression of life. Imagine your life without all those things. Imagine if all of it was suddenly took away, took, took away. Wow. Imagine if my capacity to speak utilizing proper grammar was taken away. <laughs> Imagine yourself without those things. What would life be like if all of those things simply went away right now? There are people who have that experience. I've known people who have had the experience of seemingly every material possession in their life being stripped away from them. I've known people who have experienced wildfires that have had houses burned down. I've known people that have experienced natural disasters. And what is realized within that is there is something more important that they own than any of the stuff that they have lost. And that is the truth of their being, the truth of who they are. I think the initial response to having things taken away might be, for many of us, going to that place of fear, especially if we have aligned our identity with that stuff. I learned this lesson. I know I've t I, I tell this story a lot. You know what I should do is I'm going to tell this story very quickly again, but I should also just put it into a book at some point because then I can be done telling the story and just say, there's a story that I talk about in my book, and then you can go read the book. Here's the story. The story is this. When I, was, when I left New York City back in the year 2000 to move to Los Angeles, California, I was in a toxic relationship. The toxic relationship is not really the point of the story, but we, we moved to California together. We moved to Los Angeles together. We, we got an apartment. We set everything up. It was beautiful. We utilized a lot of credit to buy the things Credit, well, there's a, there's a whole talk in the notion of credit. We bought a lot of stuff utilizing credit, and it was essentially my credit that was used to buy things, not his credit. And when we ended the relationship, and it was not a happy, pretty, well, it was a happy ending for me, but it was not a pretty ending, that's what I should say. Um, I left the apartment and did not come back for a week. Toxic relationships often end in that kind of behavior. I left the apartment. I didn't come back for a week. And we had some conversations on the telephone about how this was going to play out. And when I came back to the apartment, knowing that he had decided that he was moving back to New York City, I came back to the apartment, opened up the door, and there was literally nothing in the apartment. And that's when I had a ma major spiritual lesson the degree to which I align myself and my value with the stuff that was in that apartment is the degree to which I can move forward facing and experiencing major disappointment in my life. Now, my initial reaction was fear. <gasps> what am I going to do? And I thought, I'm going to go to Ikea. <laughs> I'm going get to a, get, a, get some new furniture. I let that go. It was a great spiritual lesson to say, I value myself more than I value the stuff I hold on to in my life. 
It was a day that I met myself, the truth of myself. And in that, that was someone I was pleased to meet. Which brings me to today's, the, 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 the title of today's message, a question I think we can all ask ourselves. Are you pleased to meet you? Am I pleased to meet me? If I look in the mirror, am I pleased to meet me? Are you pleased to meet you? I think that if we find that space within that is pleased to meet ourselves, and we up-level our understanding of our own value and our own self-worth, we find ourselves, we find ourselves absolved of any past ideas that may have limited us. That's the power of new thought. We are consistently stepping into a new thought a new belief, a new feeling, and the potential for what those things are, the potential for what those thoughts, beliefs, and feelings are is infinite. There is absolutely no limitation. And so what are you doing today to step into a new thought, perhaps, about yourself if you have discovered some aspect of yourself that you are not pleased to meet? There are many roads to uncovering those aspects of ourselves that we are not pleased to meet. I'm grateful for a particular program that uh, I'm, I'm leading six intrepid journeyers on right now, and that is the program of Mental Muscle. This, I've talked about it, this 16-week spiritual boot camp, which is not about intellectualizing something on paper, some quote that somebody wrote down. It is about spiritualizing the experience and expression of our lives through our intellectual understanding first and foremost, but rooting that in a place of feeling. Mental muscle for me is a, is a, is a place where you have a chance to meet yourself in a structured way and begin to change the habitual thoughts, the habitual beliefs, and the habitual feelings that we apply to the experience of life. I'm going to talk very quickly and invite three things. These are not part of mental muscle, but these are three practices that I think we should all engage in. And I'm going to encourage you to engage in these practices this week. I think we should all begin to, if you don't have a meditation practice, and I know many of us do, and if you do have a meditation practice, find some new way to experience your meditation practice. But meditation is the first of three practices that we can utilize to find that which is pleased to meet ourselves. Chopra Deepak, the man, says this, stillness is the first requirement for manifesting your desires because in stillness lies your connection to the field of pure potentiality that you can, orchestra that you can orchestrate an infinity of details for you. I didn't really read that very clearly. I'm gonna read that again. I'm going to make sure that it is clear. Stillness is the first requirement for manifesting your desires because in stillness lies your connection to the field of pure potentiality that can orchestrate an infinity of details for you. 
What he's saying there is this infinite pure potentiality is there awaiting your acknowledgement and experience of it. And in stillness, we find that. And in that, the pure potentiality can orchestrate an infinity of details for you. So this week, I'm going to encourage each and every one of us to meditate either for the first time and begin to embody a meditation practice, or if you are a regular meditator, I don't know that that's a word, but I'm going to use it as a word. If you are already someone who has a meditation practice, find a different way of experiencing it. That's practice number one. Practice number two, let go of judgment. Super easy to snap into judgment, but judgment is about the things out there, you see. It's about the things out there. And what if there is no right? And what if there is no wrong? There is just what is as it is presented for you. Judgment robs us of the capacity to be able to actually do something about that which we experience. So to practice non-judgment, you have to first identify where it is in your life that you judge and then step into the willingness to let it go. Deepak Chopra said this, judgment is constant evaluation which creates turbulence in your internal dialogue. This turbulence constricts the flow. It constricts the flow. So step out of judgment. Step out of judgment. And the third spiritual practice that I'm going to encourage us all to engage in this week is this, spend time in nature. I spent a lot of time sitting at my desk inside with the constructs that we build up around ourselves for comfort. Spend time in nature and find the comfort in the natural world. Find time every day to step out of the building, to step out of the construct, and step into the infinite by spending time in nature as you allow yourself to commune, what I believe you will find is this infinite flow of divine intelligence that that cracks us all open. Feel the unity of all life in this practice of spending time in nature and sense the harmonious flow of the magnificent divinity that is your core. Meditation, living a judgment-free life, and spending time in nature. Those are the three things I'm going to encourage us all to truly step into this week. You are the unfolding of the universal power and presence because there is no thing that is not the unfolding of the universal power and presence. Can you root yourself in that as your inherent value? You can have all you desire. That's the truth. You can have all you desire, but do not allow yourself to step into that desire from the concept that it will make you feel better about your life. Know who you are at the core. Know the truth of who you are at the core. Are you pleased to meet you? Because I'm pleased to meet you because what I see in you is infinitely pure potential. And as we step into that infinitely pure potential and let, let that become the foundation for the experience and expression of our life, ah, life just gets better. 
life just gets better. So choose today to be a person whom you would be pleased to meet. Namaste. Hi, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, unitytucson.com. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.